Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. I did an episode, episode 206, on how to change your self-talk and then how to hack your own self-hypnosis. So if you haven't heard that one, that might be a good one to listen to after this or either before you listen to this episode. This one is concentrated on self-talk for people trying to change their eating, whether you're trying to lose weight or not. And it's based on Karen Koenig's book, that's K-O-E-N-I-G, Karen Koenig, Words to Eat By. She has published like eight books around overeating, and she has some wonderful workbooks. And this book is just so, so lovely. And she is such a nice person. I was on a group call with her recently. I was, it was not I wasn't leading the call. I was a participant and she's just so nice, I want to tell you. And then I discovered she's in Sarasota, Florida, which is the opposite coast that I'm on. But I was like, oh, she's in Florida. I could actually go visit her. That's my fantasy, right? I'll go visit her and have tea with uh, Karen Koenig. (laughs) I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll come true. Sarasota has like these beautiful beaches with this white sand and you can find sand dollars on them. And it's like one of the retirement capitals of the world. Okay, it is definitely a lot of retirees in Sarasota, but it is this really nice, wonderful little area of Florida that's right outside of Tampa. And that's on the West Coast of Florida. I am on the East Coast of Florida. And we do have really nice beaches here too, but um, the sand is not as white. (laughs) It's not as fine and powdery as it is over in Sarasota. And you don't find sand dollars on our coast either. You can find some nice shells, but not sand dollars typically. So I work a lot with weight loss and overeaters and bingers, not so much with anorexia, which is a whole, which is a whole specialty area that I'm not trained in, but overeating and binging, I am quite skilled at. And that's from being what I call a recovered binger overeater myself. I have not binged for a long, long time. I have not actually physically binged in a long, long time, but sometimes there's the feeling that goes with it. And for me, that's like a food switch feeling. So nothing I would eat these days would ever be considered a binge in terms of quantity. But sometimes if I have that urge to like food switch, it's, um, it's that binge feeling. And so I still work on it and I still work on my overeating And I love helping people in this area. I love helping people lose weight as a process. Like it is a process. And my goal when I work with someone is that they maintain that weight, that it is not like they lose it and gain it and lose it and get it. No, 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 no. (laughs) That they develop better eating patterns and habits on the way down. And then they're able to maintain that weight pretty easily. Or if they gain a little bit back, they have tools to catch it pretty quickly come back into their range 
and then continue about their life. So this is still work for me as well. I know if you've heard some of my other episodes about weight loss, that I've lost 55 pounds and I still have a little bit to go. And so I work on my own eating all the time still. So in brief, in that other episode, I talk about our self-talk. And often overeaters have absolutely awful self-talk. They put themselves down. They don't offer themselves compassion. They are like kind and sweet and compassionate to other people, but not themselves. Okay, And I find this true in my practice all the time, that they just say awful, awful things to themselves. They call themselves names like, oh, you're such a pig and I can't believe you ate that. And you're disgusting, like really awful things. And what that does is it leads to a shame spiral to where generally you just feel worse about yourself, which then leads to more overeating. Now, when I work with someone with hypnosis, we often work on the self-talk because hypnosis is one way to change the self-talk. And I consider it sort of a shortcut, like it's an easier way because you're changing those neural pathways in the brain. That's what offers up self-talk. It's the habit brain. It's the older part of ourselves that really is trying to keep ourselves safe. We all have this biological drive to stay alive and keep ourselves safe, right? To not eat the poisonous berries, okay? So our brain offers all these suggestions along the way to do that. And some of them are helpful and some of them are not very helpful. They lead to worse eating or low self-esteem or really self-hatred. So we're working on changing old beliefs and changing the self-talk that goes with it. And often in hypnosis, we start with that list. So I'm talking to someone and I'm saying, like, what do you want to say to yourself? What do you want to happen when you have the urge to overeat or to eat something that you know is not going to get you to your goal? Like, what do you want to say to yourself to take good care of yourself? Now, sometimes we're working on a a deeper level to develop self-love and self-worth and saying, I am worthy of caring. I do believe that that's where it starts, right? Like real self-love. You can't hate yourself then. I mean, you can, but it's pretty miserable, okay? So, and generally for overeaters and bingers, it doesn't really work. They really can't hate themselves then. When you develop deeper love and self-worth, then it's like, oh, I am worthy of taking good care of myself. I love myself. So I want to treat my body with respect. I don't want to harm myself with overeating or binging anymore. I want to take good care of myself. So that's what we're changing. And you can do this at home. And this simply starts with starting to switch some of that old negative self-talk to the positive. So you sit down and you write your list out of like, these are the things I want to say to myself in the moment when I'm having urges or when I'm having a bad day, or I think I need to eat because I'm sad and I don't like feeling sad. This is what I want to say to myself. Now it's often what we're saying to ourselves that causes the binge or the overeat. Things like, well, it's okay. It's just a little. And then a little turns into a lot, right? Or um, I've had a bad day, so I deserve some ice cream. Something like that. That's where those start. Or feeling like, well, I don't have any control over a binge. Or I don't have any control over this urge. I might as well just give in to it. When you give in to it, you are reinforcing the pattern in the brain, that eating is the only way to solve that urge. 
When you don't give into it, you're reinforcing the pattern in the brain that there's other ways to solve that urge, that the urge will eventually pass. An urge to binge is often like a rainstorm. Now, we don't control the weather, but we can have an umbrella and we can pop up the umbrella and we can wait for the rain to pass. And urges do pass. If you begin to sit with it, you will discover that they do pass. But how you sit with it starts with what you're telling yourself and what you're believing about yourself. So let's jump into some of these phrases. Now, I suggest picking phrases that are believable to you. Okay, so don't pick something that's like way far out there, like how weight loss is easy. You know, I've written that one down for a while. And the other day it hit me like weight loss has never been easy for me. Like that one's not believable to me. I had to change my thyroid medication. I had to like really limit grains in my diet. I didn't have to. I chose to. Okay, I chose to do all this stuff, but it wasn't easy on the way down. Now I love how I eat. And it feels good to me and it feels caring for my body. But those changes were hard. And so I was like, you know what? This one just doesn't fit for me. One that fits better for me is weight loss is hard. And I put the F word in there. Okay, (laughs) weight loss is effing hard, but I'm willing to put in the work. That phrase works better for me. So pick a phrase that feels accurate to you. She has so many in this book that you can use that I guarantee you there's at least a couple that are gonna feel accurate for you. So let's start with like preventing a binge. If I'm not hungry, food will not meet my needs. I feel awful after a binge and this time will be no different. And I would amend to that. So what can I do to feel better right now that doesn't involve food? I will write about how I feel with the goal of managing my feelings. Nothing can make me binge right now. You know, this was a new idea to me when um, I heard someone talking about this and they said, some people decide they will just never binge again, ever. And that's that, sort of like not smoking again. I'm never gonna pick up a cigarette again. Well, I am never gonna binge again. And I was like, oh my God, people can make that decision. That's fantastic, (laughs) okay? So that's one that you could say to yourself, If that's accurate for you, if it feels like, wow, that's a good one for me. Another one is I'm taking three long, deep breaths and giving myself a hug. Now, she really talks about speaking very kindly to yourself after a binge as well, so that that shame spiral doesn't start. And I love this one section in the book where she breaks down choice points in eating. This is like chapter four. So she has choice point number one, food thoughts. So this is like when you're beginning to think about food and often this happens when you start to get hungry. You start to think about food and different choices. So she says, you can simply ask, how hungry am I? I will eat only if I am truly hungry enough. If I'm not hungry, I won't eat. Now that sounds like a simple one, right? And that one does take practice for most overeaters and bingers, but it is a possibility. I can decide whether I'm hungry enough to eat or not, and either decision is okay. She has choice point number two, food craving slash choice. Am I having a food craving or do I want to eat for other reasons? I will balance out nutritional and health consequences with what I crave to eat. I'll have a bite of what I want, eat it mindfully, then put it aside. 
So I'm reading you like three out of a list of like 20, okay? She has so many in this wonderful book. So choice point number three, conscious eating. Does this food seem like too much, too little, or the right amount to eat right now? Am I enjoying this food? Every bite of food brings new pleasure until it doesn't, and then I know I'm done. So as you begin to get full, often the food taste will change and it'll stop tasting so good. So it's something to notice and look for. Another phrase here is, I look forward to feeling satisfied when I've had enough food. And then she has choice point number four, ending eating. I'm fine with leaving food on my plate. I can politely refuse food or extra servings of food. So if someone's trying to like get you to eat, only I know when I'm done eating. I can be full and not satisfied or vice versa. Is feeling guilty, ashamed, or deprived driving me to eat more or less? That's a big one, right? And then choice point number five, post-eating check-in. How does my body feel now that I've eaten? I did a better job staying connected to my appetite than I've ever done before. I will think about being more conscious of eating and will practice more. So these are wonderful because when you begin to practice, it sort of takes that pressure away. I use this a lot in my own practice, quote unquote, right? When I work with people, it's like, how about we just practice it? Like, we don't have to be perfect at it. We don't have to do it perfectly every time. We don't even have to do it every time. But how about we practice checking in to see where satisfied is, checking in with hunger to see if we're truly hungry, checking in with how we're feeling. And then in this book, she has all kinds of phrases to develop some self-love, to develop a loving body image. Like a good one is, my goal is to take the best care of this body, whatever my size. I'm blessed with a body that does so much for me. I'll focus only on what's positive about my body. I mean, that's a big one. And it's so hard for women around the world to really focus on the positives about our bodies. We get inundated with so many media images and that's changing here in the US at least, where they have more realistic models, even more realistic like mannequins in the stores, like all kinds of stuff. But this is still quite a struggle for a lot of women and it's the last like 10, 20 years has crept into men as well, where the rise in eating disorders of men has greatly increased in the last 20 years. And some of that is due to the media images and the focus on fitness, quote unquote, and all of these things that happen for men as well. So those are some phrases to get you started. And you can just write down one or two that seem good for you. I have a phrase of the week typically that I write at the top of my planner and that I can see on my to-do list at the top of my to-do list that I practice that week. So to give you an example of that is one phrase that I I read in this book, somewhere in this book, (laughs) I don't know where, is I only eat for hunger, not taste or habit. And my 15-year-old made brownies the other night and it was sort of later at night and I wasn't hungry. And I thought to myself, I don't eat for taste or habit. And that felt really good to me. And then the next morning I woke up and I had planned a brownie for part of my lunch. 
and it got to about mid morning and I was like, ooh, I could eat that brownie now. And then I thought, wait a minute, I don't eat for taste or habit. Like it was really for the taste. Like I bet it would taste so good, right? That's a cue for me that I'm not really hungry. Like I'm not eating that brownie out of hunger. I mean, it's strictly for taste. So I thought, nope, I will wait till I'm hungry. I will leave room for it at lunch. And that's actually when it will taste the best. Not when I'm not hungry, right? Or not when I'm eating for taste or habit, So you can pick a phrase that feels good for you and then practice that, write it down, imagine situations that it may be useful for, and then use it when those situations arise. Nighttime eating is a big one for people where it's like that is often habit. They're not really hungry. So that phrase may be like, oh, I don't eat for taste or habit. So what could I do now instead? Perhaps I can read a book. I can change my location of where I'm eating because often the habit is like a particular place too. I can choose to do something else. I could choose to drink some water. That might feel nice. And remember that this takes practice. So they say like the habit brain, they're always throwing out different estimates, honestly, but it's not going to happen overnight typically. Like even when we do hypnosis to change some of these beliefs and these habits, there's time that happens when those changes are occurring. So often, let's say someone's eating for habit and they have a hypnosis file that helps them with that. They'll go and listen to that hypnosis file instead of eating at seven o'clock at night just because that's when they're used to eating. And the hypnosis file will help them imagine different things to do and different things that feel good and different phrases that they can say to themselves. So I love this book so much that I just wanted to talk about that today and give you some phrases and some tips around changing the self-talk around eating. Hey, hopefully this helps someone out there. Have a wonderful week. Peace. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.